0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Meet, Act, and Part. I'm your host, Darren Laners. And I'm Greg Knott.
1: And I'm Bill Hosler.
0: And uh, today we wanted to talk about uh, a topic that is actually one of the questions in this month's Illinois Grand Lodge Education Program. The state education officer, Scott DuBall, uh, sent this out. I imagine he came up with the question, or he and his board came up with the question. And the question is, if today you were asked, who comes here, how would you answer? And I think that's a very interesting question. So uh, we'll just go ahead, get started. And I guess we'll start with Greg, uh, then Bill, and then I'll get my thoughts. So let's go.
2: It's a challenging question. You know, I I guess... Part of it, when you first hear it, when I first read it the other day, I had to really think, now, what does that mean? And I'm not entirely sure I still know, but I want to talk through a few, a few things in this episode, uh, just to touch base with uh, the brethren. And, of course, we would love to hear feedback from the listeners to see what your your uh, your thoughts are. But so who comes here when you initially come to that door? You've probably done some research on the lodge. I did and was looking for a group of people of men that could help me grow and interact with. And of course, now twelve years later, who am I today versus who was I then? Twelve more years in life. My kids are older. I've changed uh, jobs at the that's still at the university. I hopefully I could be more wise. At times, I'm not sure. As much as I thought I a few years ago, maybe knew about masonry. The deeper I dig, the the less I realize I do know. And questions like this actually make me think about a lot of things, and and really points to uh, how much I still have to learn and how much opportunity there still is to grow. But who am I today? I hope a better person. Certainly by Working with some great people like Darren and Bill and many others, I've learned a lot of things from them. And had I not knocked on that door, I'm not sure I would be as good a person as as, as I am now.
1: Okay, Bill? Yeah, this is probably one of the more challenging questions in Masonry I think I've ever been asked. It brings me back to that first night today. Was sitting in the preparation room, and really a few days before that, I had a guy tell me. He says, "What you are going to be? You're going to be a you're a poor blind candidate." He says, a "Matter of fact, he says, when they're going to knock on the door, they're going to ask you. You're going to, and you are a poor blind candidate." I'm like, "Well, okay." And somebody says, "Well, you know who you know what you are?" I says, "Well, I'm a poor blind candidate." He goes, "Well, yeah, you're that." He says, "But you're this too." And I said "Oh, okay." Well, and I realized now, I says, "I didn't know what to." Really, I knew what a candidate meant because it meant I was possibly going to become a mason if I did what I was supposed to. But the blind part I really didn't understand, and I I know totally what it means now. But I was, you know, in search of light. I know that now, and and I'm still in search of light. I'm still trying to find it, and i found it partially, and I'm still seeking it. And I know it has changed me. I know I'm. I I hope to think I'm a little wiser. I'm. I've actually have. People coming to me and asking me questions, which it, it's a little unser- unsettling because sometimes I think you guys are asking me. I'm not even really sure I know what I'm doing, but it's it's flattering. But I know I'm a. People who know me will probably think I'm. going to laugh, but they think I am a better. I think I am a better man. I'm a, probably gained a lot more wisdom, and I'm a little bit more introspective. And I think that I am probably a little bit more esoteric than I ever was. And I try to look at things through a Masonic set of eyes. And I try to believe that I am in a search for knowledge and light. And I think that I am actually gaining it. And I hope that I can get what I'm looking for, that what I've been looking for by the time that I leave this Earth.
0: As Greg and Bill both mentioned, it's a interesting question. And I think to be honest, my answer tonight probably would differ from if you asked me the same question tomorrow. I do know that in Masonry I've grown tremendously in the I guess eight years, almost nine years that I've been a Mason. Next year November twenty eighth, it'll twenty eleven, it'll or twenty twenty one, I'm sorry. It'll be 10 years. I was raised November 28th, 2011. If you had talked to me that evening and told me, hey, in nine years you're going to be writing for uh, one of the most popular Masonic blogs and you're going to be hosting a podcast with two of your fellow contributors to that blog, I probably would have uh, thought that you were crazy because uh, as both of you, Greg and Bill, mentioned, I was uh, a different person then. The beauty of Masonry is that, like every brother, it allows you to grow and seek out things and research. And, and uh, I know, and I hate this phrase, I absolutely hate it, but there's so much truth to it that you get out of Freemasonry what you put into it. I've always thought that that has been a cop-out for uh, potential candidates to tell them that, hey, if you don't want to put much in, that's fine, no problem. You just do what you want to do. For those of us that really pour our blood, sweat, and tears into Freemasonry, it rings true. It really does. And like I said, I really hate the phrase, even though it is essentially true. The more effort you put towards Freemasonry, either your ritual, your floor work, your research, your Whatever you want to do with Freemasonry, the effort you put into it is paid back, uh, at least on a personal level and uh, in my own personal experience, of course. So, who, who comes here? I, I still don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get uh, those rough, superfluous <laughs> edges off of my rough ashlar and uh, work towards that more perfect one. That's who, who comes here. I'm just, a, I'm just a craftsman.
2: I think you're spot on, Darren. I mean, that's what I was thinking of is when we talked a few episodes ago about the, the rough and perfect Dashler, the, the longer I go along this journey, the more work I realize there is to do, but yet I also realize how many more opportunities there are for me to grow and learn and i think back of all the things i've gotten to do in in masonry and the the people i've met from all over the country through going to masonic week and i joined a lodge naval lodge ford washington dc and have friends there and and online friends and and all of those experiences have contributed greatly to who i am and in a lot of ways i'm still excited for what's yet to come. And Darren, I think you're right. I That phrase, you get out of it what you put into it. I, I'm not a fan of it either. But when you kind of break it down outside of the cliche analysis, it's really true. Because the more time you spend, the more opportunities that pop up. And I just think it's it's limitless to what this fraternity can let you do and let you learn. And the more you unpeel it, the more you chip away at that rough astral, the more work you may realize you have to do. But at the same time, you realize how many exciting things can come your way to make you a better person. And so it goes back to that question. I think if you ask us again, even in a year, who comes here, I think the three of us are going to have a different answer. Bill?
1: If you'd asked me in 2003 when – You know, a year after I was raised, it would have probably been, well, happy being an officer. I was, I think, senior steward or just became junior deacon at the time. And I was about ready to join Scottish Rite. And I'd already joined York Rite. And I was an officer in all three bodies. And I was happy just doing that. And I felt like I was excited just being included in those things. And, and of course, the shrine, I was made a member of that. And those things are some of it's still in my life, some of it's in the past, but it's all different now. But it's like, I found what I like and what I didn't, and it is, you know, it's... But if you think about it, anything in your life, it's... You get what you put out of it, into it. In school, if you really study hard, you're going to get good grades, and you're going to give a great education. If you just barely show up to class and don't study you're going to squeak by if you get through it at all. It's just, it's a cliche, but it's the truth with any possible endeavor you have in this world. You get into it, get into it, what you put into it. And I think it's just a way that the, you know, the, the old guys try to tell the young guys, Hey, come to Lodge. And you're, you're going to get what you really want out of this. But sadly, a lot of the guys don't find what they're looking for. But I think that's their way of trying to say, Hey, just keep coming back. But they don't really understand. But yeah, we all just, We're going to continue to look and we're going to continue to find. It's going to continue to change. And hopefully we find what we end up really needing and wanting.
2: Yeah. I think as we've alluded to in other episodes, for me, one of the great parts of Freemasonry is meeting the other individuals. And I look back at, at many people that I've met and some have come and gone or some have passed away. And, uh, Especially in our in uh, in Ogden and Homer Lodge, Darren and I's a couple of our local lodges. There's some people there that I have ran things by, and uh, and their life experiences are totally different than mine. But yet, what I've run by them, I'm just looking for some good sage advice on whatever maybe that particular topic is. And it's funny because of the same shared experience we have, you immediately we have bonded with them. And when they give me that advice, I take it to heart because in many ways, they are part of who I am. Again, you come back to the question, who comes here? Maybe each week that I go to a meeting, I'm a little bit different because of that opportunity to interact with those other men. And they're from all walks of life. They've been from all generations of life, and just in, in my short 12 years, there's been four generations of men that I've interacted with from almost 100 years old down to the 18 year olds. And each of them has given me a little bit different perspective. And so when I interact with them and I have to answer that question, who comes here? I think my answer keeps changing just because of the opportunity to to be with them.
0: Yeah, I would agree, Greg. Uh, A lot of... uh... As I said, the, the I think the answer is going to be fluid just because we as humans uh, have a vast range of emotions, vast range of frames of mind that we can be in at, at certain times. So I'm usually a pretty jovial, easygoing guy, but you know I have a serious side as well. Who comes here? Well who knows who knows uh if uh, if i'm in a bad mood and i go to a meeting i have to remember to subdue my passions and make sure that 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 attitude or my frame of mind doesn't reflect on the others in that meeting that i'm not taking out my bad mood on on my brethren so uh, and i think Scott hit the, the, hit this out of the park with this question because it really does cause you to pause and think about who you are as, as a Mason and a person and a human being. And as I said, I think as you grow, as you mature, as you learn from your experiences, as you learn from your peers, that answer is going to change. And hopefully for the better. Uh, Some people, it may change for the worse. Uh, Life is difficult, and life can throw you a lot of curveballs. So uh, luckily, I found that uh, a lot of the teachings of Freemasonry have helped me get past some of those uh, personal obstacles and helped me uh, become a better person, because I was... uh, not a good person for a portion of my life. Before Greg knew me, before I became a Freemason, there was a dark period in my life where I was not a good human being. I treated people terribly. I treated my wife terribly. Uh, I had a crappy job that distracted me from my family, and I prioritized that over my family. I could go on and on with the what uh, type of person I was, and thankfully, Greg saw something in me, and I had already started, I think, my path, hopefully, to redemption when I met him, but Greg saw something in me when I first started uh, staying around to be an adult help at the Tiger Cub den. Greg saw something in me that I didn't yet see in myself, and talked to me about freemasonry got me to petition st joe lodge and the rest is history greg saw i guess uh more in me than i saw in myself so he he answered the question who comes here for me at that point he answered that uh, i was an individual that was uh a really a good man uh, like i said i had lost my way but i was working on uh redeeming myself and, and redeeming myself to, uh, my family. And, uh, unfortunately the thing with, uh, my relationship with my wife didn't work out, but, uh, I think that my relationship with my kids did, uh, they live with me and we get on. So, uh, thank you, Greg, uh, for seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. Well,
2: I appreciate that, Darren. And the way I, people have seen things in me and even outside of the fraternity. And you kind of look back in life and and I'm 53 and I can, I could, sure, I could, maybe you could get into the detail, but you have these major people or, or things that happen that help you take another direction. And I, I think back to it in either my career and the fantastic bosses I've had, and each of them, they believed in me or they saw something that helped me go to another level. And I see that in this fraternity. I've been fortunate that I've ran for public office and and won bunches of elections. And what's humbling to me is when I go to, say, even a Scottish Rite reunion on a weekend, people there, they're encouraging you. Uh, and they're asking how you're doing. And they're saying, well, boy, we're sure glad you are on that board or doing this. And uh, I don't know what political persuasion they are. It doesn't even matter. It's, it's just it's that encouragement that they've given me that helps me say, yeah, I want to keep doing that. Or when things are maybe tough, they're there to to, to lend the wise counsel. But I and I think Darren, your point is maybe it illustrates you and I's relationship, but I think more importantly, it illustrates what this fraternity can do for anybody. And it's funny when you go back, we're kind of saying, well, who are you now? But you go back to that first question is who comes here? And at that point, somebody else answers for you. And I think Darren, that was kind of your point. But when that door opens, then your journey begins. And you have to begin to answer for yourself, and that's the discovery process that you go through. And, and Bill, I don't know if you've experienced similar things, but I don't. I'm sure you have in your journey.
1: I have received so much from this fraternity; I could never repay it. And I think that's one reason, no matter how frustrated I get sometimes with some of the brethren, I couldn't re- turn my back on it. Is I have had sometimes when I was down down to nothing to where my family had no food no place to live nothing they um took me in and gave me food helped me get a place for them to live or they found furniture for us and they found a place for us to stay i remember one year for christmas there was not going to be a christmas and they got together and um they put together Christmas for my stepdaughters that I would never been able to put out. They never asked for a thing. And to be honest, they said, it's what we do. And if you go back to the 50-Year Member series, there was a time when the 50-Year Member and Pudge did the same thing for a couple of people. And in a way, that was kind of my way of not bringing them out, but saying thank you. And I don't get, I haven't been saying much, but I think probably most of the brethren out there know that, know me, knows that I've been going through some health issues here lately. I you know, I just had a m- major heart issue here a couple months ago. And the one thing I didn't know when I was going into this is that when you have m- major surgery, especially open heart surgery, you lose things psychologically. And I didn't know it. And one of the things it is, is that you quit caring about everything. You don't even. I quit social media. I quit. I haven't written anything in a while, just because I can't put pen to paper. Literally, not literally, because it's not. It's more key to WordPad. But I'm trying. And I'm. I'm getting close, to getting back, but it's slowly getting better with some help. I actually went to lodge again here uh, down in Texas last week for the first time in a couple of years because it just. It didn't jive here in Oklahoma. And my lodge in Texas, they welcomed me with open arms. I don't know how many times I was hugged. There was these guys that, you know, they were just so glad to see me. And there was, shockingly, there was some guys there I didn't even know who said, Oh my God, I heard you were coming. I said, I love your work on the Midnight Freemasons. We are just such, I'm just such a fan of yours, even the DVGM. And I couldn't believe how that made me feel. And... It really, if nothing else, if none of these drugs that they're giving me helped me bring back my attitude, by golly, that sure did. And I'm slowly on the mend, physically and mentally, but it was this fraternity that's helped me a lot in the last 10, 15 years. And I guess if we were to get down to it, I wasn't planning on being as honest as this, and neither I don't think was Darren. But I think that's Who comes here is this guy who was completely broke down to nothing at one point. And I was raised to the perpendicular by brethren who helped me become a better man in
0: many ways. Damn it, Bill. You always make me cry, not only with your uh, 50-year mason, but uh, I had a hard time uh, holding back some tears there, brother. You moved me not only with your writing and I hope that we see some of that soon. I know you're trying hard to to get back to that point, but just your honesty. And yeah, I I uh unfortunately, I'm usually an oversharer and uh uh that's just my nature because uh I think I was a dishonest person for so long, so I think part of my redemption path, if you will, is just being honest about who I am and who I was beauty of Freemasonry, as you said, is the strength of your brothers and the strength of the fraternity. And it's beautiful to hear a story like brothers coming together to give your stepdaughters a Christmas and the things that we do for our widows. And we don't do enough of that. I mean, personally, I think that we don't do enough of that. We will give out money to every appendant body, but we're not hardly ever checking on those members that are missing or haven't shown up to lodge. I know that our secretary does a wonderful job at St. Joe of checking up on the on the widows. I'm assuming that uh, the other secretaries do the same at the Ogden and Homer, but it shouldn't just be their duty. It should be all of our duty to not only look after our widows and orphans, but also... Uh, Look in on those members that that haven't shown up for a while and just make sure that they're doing okay. I think, Darren, that's when you ask again,
2: who comes here? And that question, as both of you have explained, I think I've alluded to, the answer changes. And uh, maybe who comes here is also something you could say, well, I want to be something else, or I have a goal to do this, or I want to get involved and help people do X. And so you can work towards that who comes here as you once again seek to redefine yourself. And uh, it, it doesn't necessarily just mean more career options or more degrees. I mean, God, no, personally, I've got plenty of those. But I guess what I want to do is still work towards becoming the better person and i think a lot of the people i meet in blue lodge and scottish ride and others they're helping me become that person i don't have a final definition of what that'll be because i think if i did i would be disappointed in the journey part of the journey is not knowing exactly maybe everything that's going to happen and again, I think both your stories illustrate that perfectly. How how can you predict when you knock on that door for the first time where you're going to land down the road? It's impossible, but if you take those opportunities that come to you, you're going to grow. And that maybe that's holding an office. Maybe that's as Darren said, uh, calling the widows. Maybe as as Bill said, it's it's eluding and, and giving somebody a, a hand. That, uh, that needs that needs it at their time of need. Uh, all of those things, to me, help an individual grow. We've talked in other episodes where we're not a charity, but yet charity is one of our fundamental principles. And I think both of what you've talked about and, and myself, to me, that is charity. And charity is not just money. Charity is uh, advice, calling on the widow, Greeting somebody at the door. And uh, one thing I always enjoy at St. Joe Lodge that Darren and I are in is getting greeted by Brother Secretary. He's a great guy. And it's funny, I always just enjoy talking to him. And one of the, and we never talk about even masonry that much. He's got some interests that are different than mine, but I like hearing about them because what it does is broaden my perspective. And I, I think that's one of the things that I've enjoyed the most is broadening my perspective. Because to me, I don't want to just hang around with people that are just like me. Because uh, if I do that, then that limits me. And so I, I want to grow. I think I've grown. I've grown in my thoughts and opinions and all kinds of things. And I've done that because I've had more experiences. And so I think, again, as we come to that fundamental question, who comes here, if we did this podcast again in a year, I'm going to have a different answer then than I do today, and I hope it's a better answer than the one I've been able to give here. It's a very challenging thing to describe, but it's an evolution. And so I don't know if the three of us have done a good job of uh, explaining who comes here or not, but I, what I can say for sure is, three people that who comes here are better men than when they first knocked on the door of the fraternity.
1: My idea of the, who comes here is completely different now than it was, what, 20 minutes ago when we started this podcast, I it didn't go anywhere near what I thought it was going to go to.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's, that's the great thing about having interaction and conversations. Uh, I agree with you, Bill. I, I wasn't sure when we started this where we were going. But uh, I've learned something tonight about both of you, and maybe you've learned a little bit about me. And to me, that is the point. That's We, we had an earlier episode where we talked about, do you need to be in person to go to lodge? And uh, generally the answer is yes, but more importantly, you just need to have these conversations. And 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 I'll probably say it every episode as we go through this journey, In society, I think this is what we're lacking. Uh, When Again, when you ask who comes here, if you're not interacting with other people, part of you doesn't get to come. In other words, I don't think you've grown to chip off that Ashler like you could. And uh, so anyway, I'm sure we could go on tangents about this for uh, multiple episodes, and it's It's been one of the most uh, hard questions I've had to contemplate here as we've talked through this, but I I appreciate both of yours' honesties. And not only that we're telling each other these things, I think what happens is when other people hear your experiences, they're going to be able to relate, and they're going to be able to grow and say, yeah, that's what that fraternity is about. And so I think Sharing those personal experiences is far deeper in some ways than I'm talking even about an esoteric topic because there's there's nothing more powerful than to me than the the individual's own story.
1: Right, absolutely, and I think people understand now why I get so mad when they start talking about Masonic charity as being given money to you know the local Rotary Club or things like that. That's this is why I get so upset when we start giving to other people and ignoring our own brethren and widows and orphans. Is because I've been there, and I know that that's what, you know, historically is what we did. And that's why I get so upset and angry about when we give it away to other people, but we don't help each other. I, I don't normally go into the detail, but that's kind of my why it's my big pet peeve.
2: Yeah, and that's not saying those other charities aren't important, because they are but I think there's that fundamental foundational level is ourselves. And Darren and I have spoken about this. It's okay to be selfish in a way within our own lodge. To me, that is the purpose of the lodge is to help you grow and learn so that when you keep answering that question of who comes here in the greater part of society, the lodge's role is to help you become that better person so that when you go to work or you're with your family or you're in church or in another civic organization or, or involved in the community, you're a better person because you first knocked on the door of the lodge and experienced those things with others within it. That, that to me, is the greatest charity of Freemasonry.
0: Uh, I couldn't agree with both of you more, to Bill's point, obviously. I, he just echoed what I had said earlier. We need to do a better job taking care of ourselves and our widows are orphans, but also our brethren, those that attend the lodge and those that don't attend lodge regularly. We need to spoil ourselves more. And I think I've said this on a couple other episodes of the podcast. It's okay for us to spoil ourselves. We give at least at the Lodges I belong to, we give away so much money to local organizations or to uh, Rainbow Girls or to Demolay, uh, which obviously all the organizations that we're giving money to are deserving and, and are going to use the money well. But at the same time, we hardly ever give to ourselves. We don't look at ourselves and say, hey if everybody here we go out to dinner before next meeting and the lodge picks up the tab it's not gonna hurt our bottom line any I mean it's uh at st Joe we have uh, we have property that we rent out we're getting at steady income every month it's not going to hurt our bottom line at all if we take if we spoil ourselves on occasion it just it's it seems so foreign to some of the, the members, you know, how dare, how dare I bring this up? We're, we're a charitable organization. We need to be giving to X, Y, Z, which is fine and good. And yes, we need to be giving to X, Y, Z, but we also need to be taking care of ourselves. So, uh, any final thoughts, uh, Greg or Bill, as we wrap this up? Well,
2: I encourage people to ask the question to themselves, who comes here? And talk about it with a friend or a brother or perhaps a family member. What you'll learn, as we've learned, I think the three of us through this discussion is, you're going to learn more about yourself. And, uh, and as you learn about yourself, you'll be able to answer with more clarity that question, uh, who comes here? And so uh, who comes here hopefully in my case somebody that was is better than they were yesterday and and the day after that I'll be better than I was today and so I appreciate this opportunity to talk through uh, this with you guys and appreciate everything you've shared tonight
1: i'm yeah i appreciate the time and you know at least i got something off my chest that i don't normally talk about thank goodness no, nobody else is going to hear it except for just us it's just us girls but right? know, <laughs> just be good to each other try to take care of your families and your brethren that's your brother it, we are only as strong as as our weakest brother and Just do some soul searching and try to figure out who you are. Thanks for listening and keep listening. And I'm going to go and sob in my little pillow now. (laughs) Thank you all for your thoughts.
0: Okay, well, thank you, Greg. Thank you, Bill. And most importantly, thank you, listener. Uh, I hope that this episode has been eye-opening for you. And as Greg mentioned, I would urge you, also to ask yourself who comes here and do some of that self-examination and see how that answer may have changed for you from when you knocked on the door for the first time to who you are in your masonic career right now and also feel free to on our facebook page in the comments section answer that question for us if you want to You know, let us know your thoughts regarding it. And once again, thank you for spending some time with us and listening to another episode of Meet Act and Part. We will talk to you later. Bye bye now.